Okay, hi everyone. My name is Asia Ali. I am in the D- Disputes Resolution Department in Adekwano Yubode. And I think my area since I came in has been in debt recovery and construction, law, and yeah, I think I've done a bit of oil and gas. But a just bit. a bit, just tiny, just very tiny, just like one matter or so. But like, yeah. Did I you think, like it? I actually didn't hate it. Wow, that, that's really high yeah, praise. You didn't hate high, this. I didn't hate this. Your I supervisors think, are watching this. Oh, my supervisors know oil and gas, so don't worry. So oh, my yeah. name is Ife Omotola. My area is a specialty. I'm also in the dispute resolution team with Asia. So we work together on literally a daily basis. Like Asia has both of my numbers. We call each other incessantly. So I do quite a bit. Um, oil and gas, arbitration, tax, construction, employment. A lot of dibbling and dabbling so to speak i didn't even know you were this everywhere (laughs) i'm multifaceted honestly but what we're going to talk about today really we're keeping it very entry level very basic but also very very important we're going to be talking about adr or otherwise known as alternative dispute dispute resolution and why have we chosen that today well i'm sure that if you've listened to the other podcast episodes and we really hope you have if you've not stop this, go and watch them and come back. Very interesting. And you'll see that it's a common common thread and a common theme through a lot of the episodes. So I know that Olamide and Joy spoke about how you craft your dispute resolution clause. So you know what exactly are you putting in. And Yoma spoke about the things that she would want her client to know, amongst which is that litigation is not by force. So, Asia and I, when we decided we were doing this, thought to ourselves, actually, let's devote a whole episode to this because, as dispute resolution lawyers who spend every single day in court, we spend time in court. There are a lot of matters that don't need to come to court, and we think it's just an issue about public education. So, that's what we're doing today. Public education. Yeah. Public education on alternate alternative dispute resolution. Exactly. Processes. So, Asia, so, like, just know that litigation isn't the only. It's just not the only option. Yeah. Honestly, there's so many cases backlogged in courts, especially in Nigeria. And obviously at that point, it takes it can take years, years for you to years get Years is not simple, an understatement. It's honestly Three, not five. Court of Appeal has some 10, 20 year old matters. Honestly, you can you can start at magistrate courts, it'll get to high courts, then it'll get to the Court of Appeal. Court of Appeal. Then the Supreme Court. At Supreme least the Supreme Court. Courts. That's about where it ends. Where it ends, but it could take 20 years. Exactly. Oh my God, 20 years. And honestly, we're bringing this, like, obviously to everyone because we want everyone to know that litigation is not the only option. There are other types of, like, dispute resolution, ways at least to, you know, handle disputes. Not just going to court and, you know, losing relationships and whatnot. It has to do, they're just easier ways, cheaper ways, less arduous ways to go through, you know, disputes exactly so So what are some of those ways well i think the very first thing you need to ask yourself when your contract for lack of a better word falls apart when the other party breaches it you need to first ask yourself well really the first thing you need to do is go and read your dispute resolution clause which again if you listen to olamide and joy i hope you crafted and crafted well and then you need to look at what did you agree in your dispute resolution clause so most people just um adopt the jurisdiction of Nigeria and the Nigerian court. So for most people, their dispute resolution clause is just going to be going to litigation. Whereas for other people, they might have maybe an arbitration clause. So again, pretty simple and pretty basic, but instead of saying, you know, the court subject to the 
courts, the Nigerian courts jurisdiction, it would say, you know, subject to arbitration, you would list your arbitration institution, your seats, your venue. Again, a lot of specific details, which I know has been covered in our other episodes. And then well, yeah, for that, some people... But that's, that's the point. Your contract. You should literally have it in your contract. You should have it in you your contract. always have it in your contract. In fact, one thing that's really interesting always. that I heard once was that dispute resolution clauses are often called midnight clauses. Because literally, after people have drafted their whole contract, they've gone over everything. How much will I pay you? When will I pay you? In what installments? What are you bringing? When no, are you bringing about it? What happens when it breaks down? Then, you like, know, what happens when at the level 59, you'll just say, ah, before we sign it, actually, what happens if something goes wrong? And then we say, everybody will be like, ah, nothing can ever go wrong. Let's just put, you know, go I to court. I promise you, it can go wrong. It can really go wrong. And as a dispute resolution lawyer, I think that's what we see all the time, the problems. And so I think honestly, now when I look at contracts, I just approach it from the context of what happens if this goes wrong. So what's the ideal right to have in your contract if you're looking at an ADR perspective? Well, you want to have what we like to call a multi-tiered clause. What that basically means is that you are writing in more than one type of dispute resolution. So what are those options, right? Well, you've got negotiation, you've got mediation, you've got conciliation, then you have, you know, the almighty one, arbitration, and you've got your hybrids, Hybrid you've got processes. like med-arb and some, which would just be, you know, mediation and... It, I love like the it's, it sounds really interesting, right? It sounds really, really cool. Yeah. It's cooler than it I is. I actually really like it. But, um, um, which is basically just mediation and arbitration. And just to kind of briefly go over what all of those entail. But instead of just defining them, I want to kind of talk about them in the context of why you would go for them. And Asya, feel free to chime in at I any time. Honestly, because... I feel like if I was ever going to like a contract mm-hmm. or whatnot, like what what would be my like mode of like you know disputes when a dispute arises? What would be my mode? Of, what what would, where would I go to to like sort out my disputes? Would I go to negotiation? But what if we're not friends? Exactly. So that's what I want to get to. So if your contract you know breaks apart, even if you even if the clause you have just simply says just litigation or just simply says just arbitration, your parties can still decide to try other ADR methods beforehand. Exactly. Anything that we decide is so like, okay. for example, like if like it's not in the contract, they're like, oh, I want to do ne- I want to negotiate first. So the thing about negotiation, right, is it's very natural. If I mean we work together all the time. If I say, you know, let's do something by noon. You say, let's do it at one. You say, one doesn't work for you. I say, noon doesn't work for me. I will go back and forth. That's already negotiation. So really, most disputing parties will already naturally be engaging in negotiation. So the first thing that you want to do if your contract breaks down, if the other party breaches a contract, well, the first thing you want to do is call your lawyer. And I say this as a lawyer myself, but no bias. Call us. Honestly, I think that the issue is that a lot of people don't go to lawyers until it's too late. It's too they late. wait until there's actually a problem. You want to engage your lawyer at every stage to make sure that there's no problem. Because sometimes if you decide to obviously go about it yourself without like engaging your lawyer, things could be said or done that could aggravate the situation and make it worse to the point where you decide there's no way I'm going to try any alternative dispute resolution process at that yes. point straight to courts. And then you look back and be like, oh, maybe I should have, you know, 
I should have done this better. I should have yeah. done this better because now I'm three years down the line and the matter is still in court. And it's still there. And, and I, I think also no when people don't engage lawyers, what happens is what you think is a standard clause that you're just copying and pasting into your contract turns out to not be so standard after all. But taking us all the way back to, okay, what are the different types and why would you pick them? So negotiation. Now, if you look at yourself and you think, okay, what is the most important thing to you? Is the most important thing getting your pound of flesh and getting 100% of maybe if it's money, 100% of the money that's owed to you, then negotiation is probably not the way to go because it definitely needs willing participants. But if you look at the situation and you think, okay, the most important thing is either conserving that business relationship because if you and I, you know, we're in business, we've been in business for five years and then for whatever reason, we'll get to what some of those reasons can be, you breach the contract and I take you to court. I can promise you three to five years later when court has finished, we're not going to be so friendly after all. Or you might look at your, your situation and think, okay, the most important thing here is the commercial viability of that contract. So if, for example, you're my supplier or you are a contractor, and of course, construction contract has, it's a whole different type of um, dispute resolution, intricacies, and niche, which I promised Asia, well, Asia and I promised ourselves, we were not going to get into construction contract today, but if anyone is into construction and is interested in us doing a construction podcast episode, please let us know, and we will drag ourselves out of our very very busy meetings. But... So if you're looking at the commercial viability of your project now, and, okay, you're my supplier and you breached the contract, you were supposed to supply me with 5,000 laptops by Wednesday, and it's Friday, I don't have any laptops. But the reason you didn't supply me is because you're importing your laptops from China and there is a backlog with the shipping. If I'm taking you to court, then I'm not protecting the commercial viability of that project because... Let's say, obviously, I don't need 5,000 laptops for personal use. I want to sell them myself. And maybe maybe I'm a wholesaler. Maybe sensitive or like, you're, you know, for example, let's say you're selling it to like a big firm like Alucano Ibori now, like where like obviously lawyers will get laptops now and you want it at a certain time. Obviously, at that point, you don't want to break down that relationship exactly. with that person. And it's also about, it sounds almost wrong to say sometimes when you're having a business conflict, but it's also about helping the other person because helping them helps you. So I, I can go to you instead, and this is where negotiation comes into play. And I can say, okay, Asia, it's Friday. You're supposed to get me these things by Wednesday. What can we do with this contract to get these laptops here in the next couple of yeah. days? Now, that might mean you saying, see, the actual problem is because when I sold you the 5,000 laptops, when you gave me the money, you know, dollar was... 600 is now 700 (laughs) so i actually need us to amend the contract and again these kind of things about what happens if you know there's a change in the foreign exchange rate all of that everything can actually be put into your contract if you you know engage a lawyer so i might then decide okay yes i really don't want to drop an extra one million two million whatever it is but i want those laptops more and i also want to stay out of court more I give you the extra one million. You give me my laptops. Copacetic. And that's just how it is. But exactly. Obviously, not every case works that way. Not every case works yeah, that not way. not every case works that way. Oh. So, like, negotiation may not always be the answer. No, it might not always be the answer. But, but I that's think, why there are other options. Exactly. But I think that a really interesting saying that I heard once was that the sign of a good compromise is when neither party is completely happy. Mm. So, when you're a little bit unhappy and the other party is a little bit unhappy, then you know, okay, we've yeah, compromised. we've compromised. But going on to what the other options are. So, there's mediation, right? So, you might look at your situation and decide, oh, there's too much bad blood between, between uh, Ife and Asia. 
and we need a third man to come here and mediate our situation. So it's still a, what do I call it, independent decision of the parties. Yes. But there's somebody, you know, guiding us, encouraging us, saying, okay, come back to the table, saying, this is what this person wants. When you, sometimes, have you ever had a situation where a parent tells you something and you don't really hear it? But then someone else tells you, like, ah, this thing makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's actually, yes, that's so my life. that is kind of what a mediator is there for, to be that interceder. Now, mediation can be kind of annoying sometimes. Very, because obviously I, I would think that obviously a mediator, not I would think, I would know that a mediator mm. would as, obviously be... As a learned counsel. As a learned counsel. Like, a, medio, a mediator should always be someone who is impartial. Yes. They cannot, under any circumstances, have the side of one person over another. Yes. It has to be impartial. They have to look at this from a third eyes view. From this, this is the issue. These are the problems. Tell you that these... At what you should look at, what this is how you can solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Like they just offer, offer you options yeah. that you can look at, that you can decide, okay, we don't want to do it this way, but we want to do it this way. Or, okay, I can see from his point of view, I understand now. Like I know, like obviously, we're not friends and whatnot, but you telling me, it just sounds nicer coming from a third party, like who understands yes. that this is what the other party is going through. But I think that mediation can be frustrating sometimes. Very and I say this as someone who engaged in my first and only so far mediation sometimes last year. It was for an really oil and gas will. company for a construction contract. And I think the frustrating thing sometimes about mediation is yes he's you know impartial and unbiased and really all arbitrators judges mediators conciliators are supposed to be impartial and unbalanced and and balanced rather but the problem when it comes to mediation is because they can't actually give a binding resolution yeah it can be kind of frustrating because when you feel like the other party isn't being fair or isn't being reasonable and you think you know i'm on the side of right you just want the mediator to come and just say yes Ife is right. right, Asia is wrong, or maybe sometimes Asia is right and Ife is wrong. And a mediator can't really do that they because can't. the mediator isn't trying to alienate Ife no. or trying to alienate Asia. So the mediator at every point is always thinking about how do I bring the parties together to a resolution? So what does that leave you with if you don't like the sound of that? Well, that might leave you with conciliation, which again, what I think is really interesting when you look at it is like every... ADR method kind of builds on from the one before. So negotiation, right? We're just negotiating. Mediation is basically negotiation with a third party. Conciliation is basically mediation with a third party who can make a binding resolution. Yes, they I can. know Asia said she read about conciliation today, so I'll, I'll let her take the floor. But yeah, so basically, conciliation is quite similar to mediation. You yeah. have a third party who is impartial, unbiased, looks at both sides from a third eye view as well. And then not only, they go a step further than a mediator. So a mediator just offers you this, these, these options mm -hmm. to resolve these disputes. But a um, conciliator, they go as far as, you know, raising certain terms that you can look at and be like, okay, am I fine with these terms? Am I fine with what this party is offering me, that kind of thing. So you have to, they draft somewhat like a terms of settlement. Mm -hmm. So just for, you know, terms of settlement. So basically it's when like parties come together and, and write, like, down, what yeah, write down what what they want or how they can compromise or how they can reach an agreement or how we can stop this disputes as a whole. So rather than a mediator who can't, you know, draft a terms of settlement that like both parties can sign to or whatnot, 
um, a consignator can do that. They can go as far as, oh, I want to draft these terms for you guys should look at it. You guys should decide if this is something you want to sign, if this is something you want to, you know, enter into as, oh yeah, we are done with this dispute as mm -hmm. a whole. So, but obviously it's governed by, and another difference that is governed, like in Nigeria, is governed by the Arbitration and Conciliation Act. Yes. Um, is it A18? Laws of the Federation of Nigeria. Ah, I was really testing you. She didn't tell me she was going to come and start asking me about dates. No, no. But I think that. No law school as a whole. <laughs> you, are close, you are a little bit closer to law school than I am. So maybe that's why like the dates are still fresh. It's still fresh. But I think that that's actually, and you're right to mention it, a big advantage of conciliation over mediation is because it's. Um, it's written into statute. Yeah. So what that basically means is that if you decide that conciliation is the dispute resolution method that you want to use and you write that in your contract, then that means that, I mean, barring any specific um, nuances or instances that parties have written in their contract, it means that there's already a, what we call a statutory framework yes, to follow. In place. So with something like negotiation or mediation, there's no statute somewhere that says, okay, we're going to negotiate on Saturdays before five. The negotiator has to be between this age and this age. Has and what if something goes wrong? Exactly. can provide for that? Like to be like, oh, exactly. other options you can go through using this. Like, And then obviously like the act also provides like a right Mm -hmm. you know, you have that right to go into conciliation. So, like, if parties do actually want to, you know, bring up, oh, I have the right to do this, yes, you have the right to go into conciliation. Exactly. So, but again, if it's not written into your contract, parties have to agree. Yeah. So, I can't have a contract that says, you know, we're just going to go to arbitration. And then you try and strong arm me to go to conciliation. It doesn't work that way. Because you said this in the it statutes. Really it can't work, that, work way. that way. But okay, so we've gone through the 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 easier options. The easier so options. Honestly, and then we get to, to arbitration. arbitration. Now, I think what's so funny about arbitration, and it's a real difference between what I knew as a law school student and what I know now as a, I'm not really a baby honestly, lawyer anymore, like a medium in lawyer. law school. Because obviously, like, in law school, I always thought, like, arbitration was, like, you know, the way to go. Why do people go to court when is arbitration yes like why people like this is easier like you have you have an informal setting you have a third party whether it's an arbitral, arbitral tribunal or like where an arbitral institution picks or where you have an ad hoc where you mm -hmm. pick who is you know overseeing your arbitration you have it in an informal setting like you sit down you discuss like you go through everything and at the end of the day you get an arbitral award one side wins one side loses exactly that's just it that's why it's a little more complicated than that and again that's why Oh, then that, you realize we're more like that. I knew that things were really different. But I mean, that's that's the nature of conflict, right? Conflict in itself is messy and chaotic. So conflict Please, resolution please, please. is never going to be completely simple and completely straightforward. And I think that's why when Asi and I were discussing how we wanted this to look, we didn't just want to do the list of advantages and the list of disadvantages yeah. because we've been doing that for years, right? In you school, when they say, simple. what are the advantages of arbitration compared to litigation? You say, you know, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's faster. But then you start to do arbitration, you realize hmm. it's not that cheap and it's not that fast. It's not. But it is cheaper, most of the time litigation and faster but what we really want to do is to deconstruct the myths of how it actually works because when you hear cheaper and faster sometimes people hear cheap and fast, fast. that's not what that is it doesn't mean it's cheap and fast on it so if you look at it on its own mm -hmm. and remove litigation exactly from, like, as a comparative the equation outside of litigation shadow yes mm -hmm. remove from the equation you realize that oh this is a tad bit expensive it's a tad bit expensive. Uh, yeah, and this is a bit time-consuming. But it's again, that's why we really wanted to go through what the other methods are because arbitration is 
again, we don't want to lead anyone astray. It is much faster than litigation. Litigation can take you three years, and that's if you know you're not appealing. Yeah, arbitration can actually wrap up in maybe six months. Yeah, but the problem when you have a time sensitive project or a time sensitive contract is six months is a a long long time. time. Like, especially oh my god! So like, I think it was. Um, there was a particular matter, mm-hmm. like a construction matter, and they had to go into arbitration. And then you, I didn't realize, obviously, when I first, my first ever construction yes. matter, I didn't realize that, like, oh, as you're in arbitration, money is still being like paid for all these things yep. that are going on on site. In fact, money, like, exactly. I was doing a particular matter, paid. and it was literally they were losing millions every day. On the project, so it's like, do you really want to do a six-month arbitration when you're losing, losing millions like, every day? day? No, you want to it's negotiate. Oh, is a million in a month or something? Exactly. A per day. At that point, you just want to negotiate and just say, do you know what? I will give you one million. I'll give you anything. When you you're losing just... millions of dollars a day, you say, okay, you want one million dollars? Take it. Let's continue the project. I'd rather lose a million as you exactly. twenty million. Well, okay, so but you want to do arbitration, right? Because you've looked at the other methods and you thought, no, we need something formal. Yeah. It's maybe a complex issue. And again, we're really, really trying to keep this very entry level for what really affects yeah. the day-to-day small business. Obviously, if you're a multinational or if you're a state, negotiation isn't really going it's to cut it. Conciliation isn't really going to cut it. And you certainly might not want to go to litigation. So what does arbitration look like, right? And it's my understanding that, again, Olamide and Joy kind of went into what you're going to look for with your dispute resolution clause, but to fulfill all righteousness, well, yeah, I said so you want to tell them so what they want to put in their contract. Exactly. So like when you're drafting your contract, you're like, um, your contract, you always have to put in just like a cushion. Mm-hmm. So it's like rather when a dispute arises or an issue arises where it's not getting solved, you decide, okay, the first point of action will usually be courts. Yeah. Especially if there's no clause. Exactly, yes. They'll take you straight to court and there's nothing you can do about it. So you have to go to Unless court. Unless both parties agree, of course. Yeah. But then where like you have drafted it in your agreement that, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go into arbitration. It's not just saying, oh, I just want to go into arbitration. You have to like put in certain details as well. Yes. Like um, the, proce- the procedural Otherwise, law. Otherwise, you find yourself doing something you don't want to do. Because again, oh my God. and we talked about the Arbitration and Conciliation Act. So there is statutory framework. If you just write arbitration i mean you're not just writing arbitration but you're writing you yeah. know, a full sentence in your dispute resolution clause which we don't want to go over material yeah, that's already been covered but, but there's a statutory framework so if you don't pick you know a seat a venue a language who you want to appoint your arbitrators any of those things the law will pick it for you yeah the law will actually pick it for you but so it's best to always put in your contract yes where or what law you want to govern exactly like your arbitration that now, besides, is you know so it's english important. law you want to use english law also like as well so Obviously, we're not delving into international arbitration now. We're not. But, keep it domestic. Yeah, just we're keeping it domestic. But we're in like a situation where it's just like one person's out of the country, one person is in the country, mm-hmm. and you have to decide, oh, what what law should we use, how what language should we use, or like is a difference between you have to put those things in there. Yes. But now, but for domestic purposes only, you can still get away with putting, oh, we just want arbitration, and without putting the seat, the venue, um, and procedural laws. Um, language mm-hmm. and whatnot. You can just put it there like you want the law to be governed by um, Nigerian law. Nigerian law. And like, that's it. So it's to be governed by either the Arbitration Constitution Act. Yes. But I know that Lagos does have like arbitration laws. Yes, it does well, have the, arbitration rules. Yeah, the Lagos same way I'm pretty rules. sure Lagos states. also has some mediation rules yeah, as well. Although as again, well. it's not a statutory framework, yeah, but it is not, a but there. suggestion at least suggestion for, how, for to, you, like, how, to, how to start the process. How to go about it. 
But then for obviously we mentioned things like seats, venue, mm-hmm. and language. language. So just who to your delve into will be, it, who choose just your to, arbitrator? Just delve into it, like venue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's the physical place where you're going to have like the arbitration. Or also as well, oh my god, I forgot. I actually forgot about this point. So excited by the law. Um, I don't know why I was so excited by this, but yeah, you can pick the type of arbitration you want. That, that's what got you so excited. Yeah, that's what got me so excited because you can't go like institutional arbitration mm-hmm. or you can oh, work like towards ad hoc yes i feel like we had a matter about this yes. i feel like we had a, that matter like i said i said i work together all the time they didn't just put us together i, I, I see had that matter about it, it was it was literally just like okay ad hoc mm-hmm. institutional yes the contract literally stated not necessarily ad hoc but it says parties will choose their arbitrator yes and that Which basically Ad boils down to ad hoc. That's what ad yes, hoc is. Whereas an institutional arbitration would be something where you would say, you know, subject to the rules of the what's an example that my mind is joining. NICR. Blank. Let's say you can use like NICR, like you can just that so they're basically or arbitra- the arbitral institutions or ICC, which would be the international yeah, ICC, ICC international like I know it's the International Chamber of Commerce, but, but I've now drawn like a blank. It's clearly the fault of the lights. Guys, yeah. I'm a good I'm a good arbitration lawyer, I promise. But you can say that you're subject to the rules of a number of um arbitral institutional institutions, institutions whether international or domestic. So you can have a domestic arbitration and mm. still also say that, you know, you're subject to particular institutional rules. So you do. So basically like we have obviously we have arbitral institutions arbitral institutions they basically have their own procedures they have they pick your arbitrators for you they sort out everything for you so you don't actually have to delve into picking you know what you want and what you need but whereas ad hoc Mm -hmm. you can pick anything you need Mm -hmm. you can pick the venue you can pick the the seat you can pick the language can pick the law governing everything so like but not really, but but yeah, venue, physical place. Yes. That's the physical place where you'll be having the arbitration. So whether it's in Nigeria, whether it's in, it can be in an office, that kind of thing. But then there's seat. Mm-hmm. Seat doesn't always necessarily mean, oh, it's a physical place. Yeah. It's more of what's the court's governing this arbitration because mm-hmm. obviously when you have your arbitration award, award like how would it be enforced? Yeah. It's through the courts. Um, exactly so, do you know what and i was trying to like be a little cheeky and check my notes i'm really impressed i remembered all of this because i was like i am missing something and that thing is enforcement so i think the the thing that annoys most people in arbitration and arbitration lawyers is arbitration actually when we say it's you know when we we're talking about all the disadvantages and we said oh you know it's cheaper and faster but it's not cheap and fast honestly if not for the issues that sometimes come with enforcement Arbitration, I would say, is the gold standard. But the problem sometimes when you want to enforce an arbitration is you go back to courts. Now, that in itself is not difficult because Nigeria, again, we're talking about domestic arbitrations, is an arbitration-friendly country. And quite a good number of countries are arbitration-friendly. Again, not going to start listing them because this isn't about international arbitration. domestic arbitration. But we live in an arbitration-friendly country, which basically what that means is if you've gotten an arbitral award, you know, and you um, take it to court to enforce it, again, under the ACA, Arbitration and Conciliation Act, that's my last time saying the full thing, the ACA. Under the ACA, a court is bound to enforce it. You know, once, you know, it's a duly certified copy and a whole bunch, again, of other details that I'm not going to go into, you know, check the, you ACA, can check or, the ACA or talk the to your ACA lawyer. The ACA actually provides for that. Exactly. What an arbitral award should contain, how to institute exactly. proceedings, um, 
the whole preliminary sessions, how to pick your arbitrator. If you can't pick an arbitrator, exactly. how the court to provide exactly. for that? Exactly. So I'm all not trying so to all in the ACA to bore everyone with the finer details, but you can enforce an agreement. Now that's not the issue. The issue then comes into play, and again, I think that's why. Asya and I thought that, you know, talking about ADR and talking about alternative ways of dispute resolution is so important because a lot of people, especially in Nigeria, have a very, I want to call it a contentious mindset sometimes mm. when it comes to disputes. Oh my God, yes. So what you have is, we've agreed, we drafted this contract, arbitration. It's subject to arbitration, you know, that means we live and die by the by award. Now I've gotten my award, taking it to court to enforce it. I filed my enforcement on February 15, 2022. Lo and behold, you have filed your set-aside action on February uh, 27, 2022. So then you now start that back-and-forth issue. So the court then, you know, decides on the enforcement action and the set-aside action. Usually, probably consolidate the two. You'd want to have it in front of the same judge. Okay. Now, let's say that we've done, you know, heaven help us, it's a one-year process in the courts to get you know the the court judgment enforcing the award and hopefully setting aside the set aside i would say that would be okay if then they did not then appeal the granting of the enforcement at the court of appeal and then appeal at the Supreme Court. So I think that sometimes is what frustrates most people in arbitration. Because Again, isn't the point of arbitration to avoid exactly. going to court? The point is to avoid court. In fact, really, the only reason why you go to court to enforce it is so that an arbitration award isn't seen like a terms of settlement. It yes. isn't seen just like a negotiation contract. You know, it has binding. the it weight has that binding force. of a judgment of court. But the problem now becomes we've turned arbitration basically into courts. Honestly. So that really is the issue. Now, of course, I don't want to make it seem like anybody can just willy-nilly and casually decide to set aside an enforcement, an award, so to speak. There are set guidelines which are, you know, in line with the New York Convention guidelines. Again, let's not not bore them with the details. The details are always Googleable. It's the application we're talking about. But it's not every... Is not every award exactly. that you can set aside. So it's not every award because there's a certain, you know, limited thing. So, for example, if an arbitrator was not duly appointed or if they acted out of their um, their powers. So there are set reasons that you can, you can um, set aside. The problem then becomes, have you ever seen, like, those um, those cute videos of children, or what's that thing people say when you're trying to fit a square, a square shape, a square shape into a round hole? Yeah, you ever seen a child trying yeah, to was, fit yeah. exactly the shapes where they don't match? That's kind of what happens sometimes when people want to set aside an arbitration agreement. So, taking for example, oh, the tribunal acted outside of its powers. They will look to say, ah, okay, the tribunal said we should, you know, come to the tribunal on a Saturday. And there's nowhere in what we agreed. We had said weekday. The tribunal what? acted outside of its powers and bringing a set aside. No matter how frivolous an action is. Now, that doesn't mean their set aside action will succeed. But what it does mean is that, again, time is being wasted. wasted. Time and money. Exactly. Time and money, money is being wasted. So money really, is what, what wasted. is our takeaway here? Our takeaway is just that consider the alternatives. Consider that. Not like- every dispute has to, to go, to, go court, to court and go also through litigation go through years and years exactly. and years of you have to at the end of the day when you go through litigation loads of expenses yes you have to pay us you have to pay 
and also for we have expenses fees, too exactly. as well you have to pay us we have our expenses too and then as well you still have for example if you have like a massive project yes. you still have people you have to pay even if they're not doing anything because obviously the project has stopped because exactly. you are in court but the thing also is with arbitration, you also still have to pay, you know, and the difference between arbitration and litigation is arbitration has direct costs. Yeah. So you know, I'm paying for the venue. I'm paying for my arbitrator. Whereas for litigation, you're paying your counsel and, you have and you're paying your filing as fees. Well. Exactly. There are so privacy. many advantages to There's arbitration so that we didn't want advantages. to get into because we didn't want to list what you can literally Google. Yeah. You know, it's confidential, it's private, there's still a statutory framework. You can even I didn't like you still you can still have that relationship. Exactly. That business relationship. Exactly. And I feel like it's a little bit less so contentious. Like the optics are a little bit better for arbitration. Definitely way better than like litigation. Exactly. But I would and say, we're saying this as litigation lawyers, so you know you know we're being honest. You know we're actually being but honest. But I think that to kind of round up everything that we've said today, what we really wanted as the main takeaway was just that when first of all when you enter a contract, really look at your dispute resolution clause, but that's already been discussed on a previous episode, so I won't get into that too much. But also, when a dispute does arise, think to yourself, what is the easiest and cheapest way I can resolve it? Speak to your legal counsel and say, okay, what are our options? That's so important. Speak to the opposing party's legal counsel, you know, so, so write letters, try and see how you can preserve the commercial viability now. Communication, that's so important. Arbitration, again, I personally think is the gold standard for dispute resolution. It is. If we can, you know, fix the unfortunate issue that we have with enforcement. And also, there's a time and place for litigation as well. I yeah. love litigation. I enjoy litigation. Honestly, well, I, mean, I from, love litigation. From I the, love from, litigation. From the other side, no, I table. love litigation. If you just take off the garnishes, I love litigation. But like, <laughs> litigation is, yeah, definitely. I think litigation is how you use to like basically just, you know, account for issues that the law does not account exactly. for. Exactly. Litigation so, is for those issues that you can't, you can't account for in contract. And sometimes you need a judge. Litigation, you, you need do, a, you do even need when you say it, it sounds powerful, you need yeah, a judge. You need a judge. You need but I think like that to, if more people were considering alternative dispute resolution, then there would be more space for litigation to do what litigation is supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. Cases wouldn't take three years or five years or two years because people are first of all thinking, what are all my options instead of just, you know, yeah. rushing into litigation. But then obviously, I feel like obviously throughout everything we've talked about, litigation, arbitration, alternative dispute mm. resolution. I feel like we've touched on every, not necessarily everything, but we've touched on enough things, for food enough for thought. for you to know that there are other options out there. Exactly. Resolve your disputes. Exactly. So, honestly, like, I think we've, we, we did we've, a great job. We did a, we did a very good, in fact, we did a great job. <laughs> It's a, it's a pleasure doing business with you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening to us.